Sentire Media. February at 8.15 in the morning. Thank you so much. You've done it again. Very good. You found us, downloaded podcast from Italy. This is our third podcast in a row with only a 10-day break. Whoa. We'll see if that becomes a habit. Don't I w- get used to do it. Do not get used to that. <laughs> uh, what is today? Monday, mor- Monday morning. Everything starts on a Monday. So here we go. Monday morning. Um, beautiful sunny skies out today. Too warm. Much too warm. It's going to be a beautiful day again. Um, <laughs> I know we sound miserable. It's going to be another beautiful day. No, we're not. Well, I always, I always complain about the weather, but um, it's just been spring's here too much, much too quick. It's been fifteen on average every day. Yeah. Some days warmer, some days a little bit cooler, but it's way too nice and too dry. Too dry. It. Uh, all the uh, fruit trees are starting to blossom. Um, We'll get into it in a little bit, but uh, my name's Jason. There's <laughs> Ashley. Together, we live at Kakamone. Uh, 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 <laughs> he's, a, he's a little tongue-tied this little morning. little tongue-tied. La Tavola Marque is the name of the place where you can find us. And we Kakamone is the name of the house. name of the house, and we live a beautiful life out here in the middle of nowhere in a little teeny town called Piovico in Italy. <laughs> there we go. So, back. Uh, weather. Yeah. Uh, we talked before about Cold Already, the farmers' union, and on the news, uh, there's been a lot of Cold Already talk because everything's early from the fava, which should be coming up more in March, April at the very earliest. Uh, end of March, yeah. 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 To. Uh, artichokes. Artichokes. We seem to get artichokes throughout the winter, this but not is like what, this. Not in February. Not like this. Um, what else? Uh, the strawberries the, are uh, here. Strawberries, asparagus. Uh, it's crazy. So, and you say, well, well that's great. The no, it's not. It's bad. Um, it's it's not good because we will get a, f- a hard freeze, which means that all the f- all the trees that are blooming will lose their blossoms because of the freeze. Our plum trees are swelling, and we've found the first blossoms the other day. It's like, oh no. And so we're not. We're just. And they, this was a few days ago. So we're not even half of February, and. Um, we're probably four to six weeks ahead of where we should be and dry. We've only had a couple of centimeters of rain this whole time, which is crazy because if, you, um, if you've if you watched the news, Europe has been getting pounded, at least uh, Western Europe, like um, the uh, UK, UK Ireland. Ireland into Belgium and Holland with terrible storms, but not down here. We did get a hit of the tail end of the wind. Yeah, we did get wind. Yeah. So that kind of compounded the dry problem as well, but the wind took the tail that took the cover off of our uh, greenhouse. Our brand new greenhouse, which has no plants in it yet, had the cover ripped off before we could use it. <laughs> we didn't want to tell Gaji because he kept telling us, don't put up the roof yet. It's too windy. And we're like, oh, man, you don't know what you're talking about. We did it right. Well, it ripped right right off and no damage no damage thankfully a couple little um tears tears but nothing bad and we put it back on yesterday so got you none the wiser (laughs) and uh we can play it off but we are um looking better for the greenhouse jason's got some ideas and some leads on um 
the tables and things he wants to use in the greenhouse from a new site that he's addicted to. Oh, man. Facebook Marketplace. So I was I don't know looking how, for, how I was looking for this? groups for like sharing some of our posts and stuff like well, that. And I came across Vendo Tutto um, selling everything in Pesoro Urbino, a private group for selling literally, literally everything um, in our province and i was like oh this is great let's see what we find on there i had no idea the rabbit hole jason would go down this is ridiculous <laughs> now you'll come across real things like a motorcycle and and like cars, cars at decent prices decent prices tractors farm equipment that kind of stuff and then it gets weird not weird as in like weird stuff just well kind of one light bulb <laughs> who the hell's selling one but light bulb? But it's a box for two. So one is missing. One is so missing. One light bulb. Um, a uh, slipper. Used, like, slippers. Used, um, like, bath towels and stuff that were two, just two. Two bath towels just laid on the floor, like, taking a picture of them. Like, they look crusty. Looking... It was just like, what is on here? So, so then <laughs> I thought, is this, like, some... Uh, of course, my mind goes to, like... Is this the macabre. Yeah. Is this, like, a... Um, like the the signal, like like some kind of signal. Yeah, put a light bulb up, and and it means something different. So I started doing some investigation. <laughs> Absolutely not. No, the guy who's selling it who's friends with two other people I know from Piovico. He lives in a town over. He's just selling a light bulb. <laughs> Jason obviously, like I said, went down the rabbit hole. Yeah, the person selling used slippers. No, they're just selling used slippers. It is weird it's weird <laughs> but um it's really entertaining too so it's actually for people looking to move to the area or if you're out here it's um a great place to find 90s furniture find yeah a lot of bad couches and things or you'll find things like um apartments for sale by the owner that's mm-hmm. kind of where you find a lot of this for sale by owner stuff or maybe even like we saw some cool old sinks like uh, yes um stone sinks mm-hmm. a lot of it's kind of like bring a trailer you yep. got to come and pick it up kind of things, which was another thing. Um, who's driving to pick up the light bulb? <laughs> Jason has so many or, or the slippers. Hey, you got the nasty slippers? The nasty used five euro slippers that were made in China? Oh Sweet. I'll take them. Well, you can't stop. Is there negotiating? Can we negotiate off the five euros? I'll give you three. You can't stop looking at the site, so I wouldn't uh, make too much fun of them. Um, it's, but, uh, the reason I'm on this, I'm looking for a tractor still, so we'll see. I'm right now with my little rototiller doing a, uh, turning the garden that's a uh, half of a hectare. And you're doing one little strip at a time. Three passes. Three passes. Good, good for you. You got a good third of it done. I did get a good third of it done, but here's the thing. It's going to destroy that rototiller. Oh, absolutely. It's not it's meant not for a meant field. Because it's not meant to a, to a field. <laughs> no. <laughs> so... We're we're looking, we're looking. I have uh, I have needs and wants, and I don't want to get ripped off. And I need a tractor. It's an it, <laughs> they're not good business people here. For instance, I went to the local like used tractor dealer, kind of in in the next town over. And he's, and he has a repair shop there and stuff too. It's like God, I'd love to become a client. I'd love to become a client here. It's have really this convenient. be my guy. Have this be my guy. So I told him what I was looking for. I'm looking for a really simple, small used tractor, but I want a front loader because I want to pick stuff up and carry stuff around and fix the road and all this stuff. So he said, oh, you know what? 
I've got one. It's not at this. It's not at this location. We have a sister location a little bit away. I'll send you a photo of it. So he sends me a photo. Great. List for the price. I immediately start googling it because you can see the targa, the um, the plate, license plate, the plate. So you can look up the history and all this stuff. The idiot listed it the same thing on another site, but for six hundred euros cheaper <laughs> than what he quoted than what us. he quoted us on for, and he leaves it up from this is this is a list this thing's been online forever so this is from six months ago or something so it's right off the bat it's like oh man oh man i don't i just need so what he doesn't realize is if he just gave me an honest deal i'd be his customer for life or quoted you the price that was or online just quoted me the <laughs> uh, the price that he knows is out there that i can go does he think i'm an idiot i'm not gonna google this so <sighs> it's unfortunate i'd love to I'd love to do this, but I don't want to be a, a And sucker. it's part of it is the convenience that it's right here in it our next right town here. over. So what this means instead is that we're going to have to take a couple days, drive around the area, check out some track, kick some tires. Kick some tires. Well, the thing is... Do you how- even know what to look for when you go to check out a tractor? To kick tires? <laughs> well, I'll research the model and, and all that and then go ask, uh, what's his name? But no, not really. Like, you can just look for leaky crap or make sure all the hydraulics move freely and at the same time. And (laughs) we're buying – the tractor I'm looking for is like 30 – it's between eh, 25 and 35 years old, most of them. So how great is it going to be? But the problem is the further away that uh, it is, the money that I save on, you know, the the deal that I find is eaten up with transporting a tractor – all the way kilometers yeah, away, all the way mm-hmm. here. So, oh, you know, the problems, man. Problems. I know it. I know it. Um, something else that I forgot to mention with the weather that we've been having, it has affected your sausages. You want to talk about that? Yeah. The, so, um, thankfully, we, it's been the talk of town. So Everyone's <laughs> going to on Tuesdays is the little mini market mercantino in Piovico. The little traveling market. Yeah, the it's got camions. The it's got the porchetta guy. It's got a fish guy. It's got a guy who sells plants and vegetables, and it's got Fushiani. Fushiani. The Fuster. So, um, it's selling a, meat. Cheese. Yeah, selling his the prosciuttos and cheese. Um, it becomes kind of like a guy's water cooler, like hangout totally. on Tuesday mornings. Um, so if if I have a question, it's a great place to go and kind of throw it out there and ask. And I've had some, oh, because everyone wants to throw their two cents in. Like everyone's just meandering around, hanging out. So yeah, exactly, it's it's just kind of a hangout. Mm-hmm. So um, I go and say, hey, you know, it's weird this year with my salamis and the sausages because those are the ones we already put up. Every third or fourth or fifth one will be not um, aged properly. It will be, um, they'll have holes in the middle. And that means that it just didn't, it didn't cure properly when it was hanging. Um, Come to find out a lot of people have had this problem this year and it's not what we're doing. It's the temperature because we all cure them in the air. We don't, I don't have a uh, refrigerator or um, most, like if you do it on a production scale, you'll take like a walk-in refrigerator and turn it into, it's not refrigerator temperature. You'll turn it into like an, um, cello di stagionale. Um, how would you say that? Season? Uh, seasoning room. So you would, but what kind of temperature to give people? You'd keep it more like 75% humidity and in the eight to 
6 to 12 degrees. Okay. 12 at the most. We're here yesterday with 17 degrees. Um, All and Celsius. dry and in the 20s and 30s percent um, for humidity. So really dry, windy, and warm. Not good for aging salamis and sausages. They- no, but the good news was <laughs> you weren't alone and it wasn't the salt ratio or because then you're starting to second guess yourself going, what did I do something wrong? Do I need to adjust something for next year? And it's like, well, yeah, what we're going to have to adjust is the time that we do it. We have to start doing this earlier because we had cooler, wetter weather in December. Normally we do our salon after the new year. We do everything because then you have January, February, and most of the time, a little, most of March is chilly and and cool and um, humid. Not this year, baby. It has been January and all of this month has been warm and dry. So next year we're going to have to do it in November, December so that they're done in January. Um, just like the garden. I mean, the garden's mm-hmm. going to go in. If this keeps up, the garden's going to go in very, very, very early this year. So what were some of the – so everyone's having this problem. What was the fix? Well, Fushiani had a good one. He has an um, uh, industrial vacuum seal machine, and he said to bring all the salamis over there. They'll vacuum them up, which means it'll compact the meat a little bit so that if any of those kind of um, holes are starting to form, it'll close them back up together. Keep them under. Yeah, because it's more under pressure. It's his under, vacuum sealer. Well, it's a, a no, not pressure vacuum. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but like we have a vacuum sealer, but it's like rinky dink home style. Oh, it's his, a home. It's like, a home one. Like, it's an industrial <laughs> yeah. vacuum seal machine. Um, and then you wait for the warm weather to pass, and then you open them all back up and hang. So you kind of pause this aging process, mm-hmm. which um, is interesting. Which is interesting to think about. Um, I didn't. <laughs> Gaji said no. Gaji was no. I think Gaji said no just because Fushiani had the. There's I, a lot of there's a lot of backstory. Between I don't want to use his. Things. I don't want his machine. And yeah, like. I don't. I don't want him to have the solution to my problem. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we opened up one the other day, one of the salamis, um, and what's happening is the first, I would say, third of the uh, diameter of it. Or I'm sorry of the of the think of the round of the salami when you cut it open when you cut it open the the outside third is aged properly you could tell by the um, color color and the feel of it but what happened is this is it's supposed to age for all together so it's creating almost like a, the dry air and the higher temperatures are creating like a skin almost so the middle of it stays almost raw and mm-hmm. not aged and the outside is is aging instead of it aging all the way together that's a good way to put it aging is not the right word curing curing there you go. No, but that was, that was a good explanation. So when you cut it open, it's you could see there's like rings like a tree. Yeah. There's an outer ring and an inner ring, and the bit and the inner center is more pinky and and soft, and the outer part is that sol- deep red salami color. It's mm-hmm. not even red. What would you call that salami color? Yeah, but I know what you mean. Yeah. It is dark. So. Say love 150 kilos of meat down the shitter. I hope not. Do you think that's how much we'll lose? I have no idea, babe. It's it's going to be 17 degrees again today. Oh it's God. not going to get better. <laughs> it's not going <laughs> to. Um, we've been really busy, though, with in this nice weather, trying to uh, make hay while the sun is shining and doing some outside projects. Last time we talked, we did the, we've done the burn on the hill and some of that. And 
um, we built our um, salad box that we said we were going to do with the leftover wood from the picnic tables that came together in a cinch, surprisingly. Um, and that's ready to go for salads and um, carrots. And that'll be up here. That's up here right by the patio. And so. we also took down the tetanus shot waiting to happen. Uh, oh, the, my God. The children's uh, play, for, play equipment. Okay. So we found... The these old houses have hysterical like plans and things when you look through old drawers and you find not only the plans of the house but when they have projects and submitting these projects you have to have an architect like make a make a architectural diagram of everything and and it, it's just a waste of money for play for, for a children. A jungle gym. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so we knew it was pretty hardcore. And um, there were two. We had taken down the swing set a long time ago. Which was cemented. Cemented like- down. Huge beams. Really nice. And um, then we had this like wooden playhouse jungle gym thing with a slide. And two kind of horses with that those- would just teeter back and forth the, the teeter horses with the on a spring sp- on a spring like think of a truck spring it's just yeah on a truck spring. so it, everything was disintegrating and just time had the taken wood. over the, the wood, wood. the wood was and it was like oh man not really a tetanus shot waiting to happen more of just horrific splinters i think of and um so we went to take down the horses first thinking that might be the easiest okay I don't know. We never found the base. <laughs> like they have, so they have these deep. steel, like platforms that are dug down and cemented in so deep that we gave up digging around to find the end of it to try to dig it out. It's like screw it. It's it's. Oh my god, we're just gonna have to bury it we'll, again. So then that it, was it was a, insane. It was like, such a production to get these. Three. I was like, maybe we should take because they have these nice steel platforms about ten centimeters under the ground that are like really thick, and I was like, you can bolt on a um, windmill for electricity to this thing. Like it is so deep and so in there that what can we use to? To kind of anchor down yeah, on this platform. Yeah, he was super excited. But then I was terrified thinking, wait till we get to this playground thing. This is going to be a disaster. If these two horses were that deep in the freaking ground. The slide is going to be. The slide is going to go to China. <laughs> like, what are we going to do? And we go over and we start pushing on it and futzing with it and trying to get a game plan. <laughs> It is there's it is able to be popped out of the ground. <laughs> there was no cement. Nothing. One of the legs we were able to just eh, 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 rock out of well, the ground. Not, not only that, it's like they spent all their time and effort and energy putting in the, those two horses, the two horses, and the um <laughs> and, the and the swings at the end. And it was like at the end of the day, oh, screw it. Let's just we'll make holes and just stick it in there because they were in the legs weren't even that deep into the. Well, how into deep the earth. would you say they were? Fifteen centimeters, <laughs> but and then one, and then one, they have like a nail stuck at a forty-five degree angle to kind of grab the dirt. But those were supposed to be cemented in, just like everything that's else. What children like that's built for multiple children to be playing on in roughhousing. <laughs> the it's horses just, just made for one, and it's like what? The... So we were able to take it all down, and we're going to reuse some of that wood for the new chicken coop. Yeah, we got good beams. We got good treated wood, like um, where the wood met the um. 
where the wood met the uh, earth, it's I had to cut it from there because mm-hmm. it's just kind of. But otherwise, these are solid treated hardwood beams. They're nice. And speaking of the coop, last night we did the midnight shuffle <laughs> and boxed up the chickens. It's best to move them at night because they're asleep or tired on their perch. They're and Jason not- can just go in kind of pick them up, put them in a box. And for the most part, I mean, we have 14 in, or 13 in our coop, so it gets, starts to get a little rowdy once they're moving around. But if you, had a, if you only had three or four, it gets really easy to move them. And we took them over in the cloak of night to Carolyn and Luke. 6.30 in the, in the <laughs> evening. 6.30. I was like, should we do this at 8? And Jason was like, you will be in bed at 8. Are you <laughs> kidding me? She's like, yeah, should we do this? I'm like, when have we ever done anything at 8 p.m. this time of year? No way. As soon as it gets dark, we're, we're boxing these oh chickens up and throwing them over the and We sound so lame. But they are now over there at the Hen Hotel, nice and dry and warm. And now we can start the takedown of the coop. Yeah, today's easy day. Today's the easiest one, mm-hmm. um, demolition. Yep. It's easy to go in there and just rip it apart, rip apart the coop with a sledgehammer and crowbar, pry bar. The the part that's it's going to get more difficult after that. Exactly the building. Well, the building and the uh, and the figuring out the water plan. Oh yeah, you realized you're not going to be able to do the drainage you thought you could do. No, I wanted to, too much runoff. I wanted to put on a put a French drain to take away the water, but the more research I do, a French drain takes away underground water, and we have. Just a river. We have underground and above ground. So what I think we're going to do is put in one of the um, those big cement grate things at the corner and then a um, line along the wall. You know what I'm talking about? The square cement mm-hmm. like you'd see it. That you see on the side of the road? Yeah, or like a park or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, 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 something like that. Where do we get that? At the bill, we saw them at the bill. We saw nice ones made out of the nice steel with the stamp. Oh yeah, we were not going to get that for the chicken coop. Oh, okay, we'll get the we'll get the ones you see in like a park or or a uh, on the like on the side of the road for the drainage. Okay, all right. Um, what else is going on? We, like I said, we've been doing all these projects. Carnival is, uh, it has kicked off in Venice and in Fano and little towns all across Italy, the festivities. And we are preparing by making Crescia di Pasqua. Last time when we, last podcast, we talked about the sweets that go, that you typically find around this time of year pass, uh, for Carnival. And today we'll talk about my personal favorite, the the savory uh, things you find. And my favorite one is um, Cresci di Pasqua. Well, uh, this has a lot of names. It's called uh, Cresci di Pasqua. Pizza di Pasqua. Um, pizza di Pasqua al formaggio. Um, brusca. La pane, Brusca. La Brusca. La Pane Brusca. Lots of different names. It's all the same thing. What it is is it's a quick leavened bread. Um, that's very rich with um, two types of cheeses and pieces of pecorino and eggs and oil and and butter. Um, The recipe will vary between where we are in the uh, foothills of the Apennines to the coast based on kind of, as Jason said, it's a rich bread. So depending on how much money people had of a different area, it will reflect in this bread greatly. So Piobico's version is a little light. It's a little (laughs) poor. And what we mean light is it's light in the cheese and Mm -hmm. light light in the stuff that costs a lot of money. Whereas as you go to the coast and go to maybe Fano and Pesaro, it becomes much richer. And this is the one that we prefer. so it was time to make, and I've been making bread pretty often, a couple of few times a week these days, and I thought, well, why not just work in a nice big batch of um, 
of crochet. Crochet de Pasqua. Sure. It's we've got a ton of eggs floating around here right now and it is time. So when I was down talking with the the guys at Fushiani's, I picked up the grated cheese, pe- grated pecorino, and grated Parmigiano Reggiano, three year, good stuff. And I was like, he was going over. He came home and was sitting at the table, going over the recipe and kind of flipping through his little notebook for the bread he makes. And again, re- looking at the recipe, and he was like, hmm. I think I want to change some stuff. Like, there's too much. There's just too much yeast, and I'm going to add some more cheese. And I was like, oh, my God, he's futzing with it. I said, why don't – you haven't made this in a year. Why don't you just do one the way the recipe says, and then for these, like, other 25 loaves, <laughs> then then you can start futzing with it. And do you remember what you said to me? No, I don't. Re- I don't <laughs> you said <laughs> four kilos or zero kilos. Four kilos or no kilos. Four kilos or no kilos. And he meant four kilos of flour or no kilos. And I was like, oh, my God. And he says that because the mixer. Well, the, my mixer doesn't do one batch of bread very well. It You have to do a, a little bit of a quantity to get the kind of screw to work properly. And to do it by hand, I'm... Uh, my physiotherapist told me not to need bread. Last year, I needed bread by hand, and I really messed up my hands and my forearms and my elbow, and I had to go to the physio and get the laser. Oh, wait. <laughs> you, you're a man. You should be tougher. <laughs> should be tougher. I'm a man. Um, you should be able to do a loaf of bread. So, and I've been doing bread a lot. So, <laughs> you know, and... um for those who for podcast faithful you'll remember this because we've talked about this bread times go by this is the bread that gaji pulls out every november yeah november december he he wraps up this bread from uh, easter. easter in loosely in tinfoil throws it in the freezer and then it reappears in the late autumn and when we're sitting at his house having dinner one night and he'll look at us and go huh pane de crushy de pasqua can't even tell the difference <laughs> Can't even tell that it's been in the freezer for eight months. And as you eat it, you, you think, oh, my God, of course I can tell because it tastes like I'm eating the freezer. <laughs> it is so dry and it is so freezer word. So, yeah, this is this is that. This bread. is that bread. Did you want to go over the recipe at all? Okay, so I'll give you the lowdown for this is uh, Rosanna's, uh, Gaji's wife's recipe. It's it's in Graham. So you have a computer. You're listening to you downloaded this this podcast on there. Just you can Google what uh, the equivalents are. Here we go. Five eggs, 600 grams of flour, 75 grams of melted uh, – of slightly warmed oil, 75 grams of uh, melted butter, 100 grams of grated Parmesan. Now, I up that. I put one – well, here's where I went wrong. <laughs> let me just give you the straight – Give them just the regular recipe. Give you, okay, 100 grams of grated <laughs> Parmesan, 100 grams of grated aged pecorino. One glass of milk. See, this is where it gets weird because this is Italian recipes, so it's not going to give you the exact amounts. It's a, it's a glass. It's it's not your, like, big... Huge, iced tea glass. No. no, this is a... Juice glass. A juice glass. One juice glass of, of milk that's going to melt into it a ton of yeast. 125 grams of fresh yeast, and that for us is five uh little squares you can we've told you where you i've told you where you can find fresh yeast before or if you can't find the fresh yeast go online and you'll see the equivalent of fresh yeast to instant or like the um, packet packet yeast and then 150 grams of fresh pecorino cut into pieces 
Salt Pepe, Salt and Pepper QB um, at Quanto Bastano when it's enough. <laughs> so there you go. Okay, so um, you make a you dump the flour and the two grated cheeses into a bowl and mix them together, and then dump that onto a board. Make a hole in the middle. Scramble your egg, crack the eggs just like you're making pasta. Bring everything together with uh, also put the salt and the pepper into the eggs. Okay, so we have a big well of flour and grated cheese or a big mound of flour and grated cheese. We make a well in the middle, just like you're making pasta. In goes the eggs. Crack the eggs with um, salt and pepper. Scramble them up and start getting everything together. Then, um, Fontanella can Sorry, I'm translating this as I'm, I'm, I'm reading. Algamale, very neat condimento. Okay, Okay, so... After you got the salt, after you have the salt and pepper together, you're going to take your liquids. So your your melted oil, it's melted oil. Your melted butter, your oil, your milk, milk. and the and the lievito, the yeast, in a little bowl, and you're going to melt those all together and make sure the the yeast is all dissolved. That goes in with your eggs as well. Okay. Then we start mixing everything together. Just like pasta, don't break your well. Otherwise, you will have a mess. You're going to bring that together, and you're going to knead it until it's bread. You'll notice the difference. Don't start adding more flour until (laughs) you have everything together and you've really worked the uh, dough. At that point... um, It'll be like a good sticky dough. It'll be a good sticky dough. It has a lot of fat in it, so it shouldn't stick to the board that much. Um... Okay, yeah. So once it's once it's uh, all kneaded up, put it into a bowl. Let it double in, cover it. Let it double in size. With all this yeast, it does not take a long time. Couple of few, couple of hours at the most. Couple of few hours. Uh, after that, divide it, shape it to whatever you want to. Let it proof. It usually takes an hour. Once it reaches the top of the uh, whatever you put it in, shove it into the oven at. 200 <laughs> here's another one four quartier and forno bancaldo so it says uh cook it in a good warm oven 200 to 250 degrees for one hour about <laughs> <laughs> now that a 50 degree difference in centigrade is huge that's a huge difference and about and about an hour well it depends on um the smaller ones Take less time, and you could cook them at a higher temperature. The bigger, if you just do this in one loaf pan, I would say closer to the 200 degrees and closer to the hour, hour 15. If you do them in little, like, um, what would you call it, little rolls almost, it's going to be closer to the 250 degrees and more like 40 minutes-ish. So that is the proper recipe. Jason decided to futz. Well, 125 grams of... um, of yeast is huge. I that is that is a ton. That's a lot of yeast. So I cut the yeast, I added more cheese and I I screwed the whole thing up. He screwed the pooch. He took what I suggested one loaf and did not his 4 kilos of flour turned into 8.2 kilos of bread. 8.2 kilos of bread that and came, half a day of work. That came out terrible. Why? <laughs> it looked great. Spoiler alert. Looked great. It was tough. It was tough. It should be light and fluffy. This was tough and chewy. Terrible. Can't give it away. Um, uh, we gave it to the. Ch- we gave most of it. I, to the I said, let's. Put, we put some away for in the freezer for gajis. <laughs> That's what 
sorry. He likes it the most. So, anyway. It was like, we'll wrap up a few loaves for Gaji. He'll never know the two, difference. We wrapped up two. We'll break them out in the middle of the summer and give them to him just like he gives them to us. Oh, delicious. So I'll try again today. Um, that was a big mistake. Should have done one kilo. Um, it was a little funny because I felt right, but it was also sad because of all the work. I mean, I definitely tried to eat it and picking off some of the sides and stuff, but it was... Yeah, that just wasn't you can't quite give, right. You can't, I couldn't give it away. My whole thing was I wanted to make a bunch and give them away. I know. You can't give it away if you know it does, didn't come out right. Well, uh, the chickens will produce some serious eggs after this bread. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Um, right now, I am a little bit sidetracked because we have a foreigner in our house, a little black cat. Our Dutch neighbors, Carolyn and Luke, are sweet friends. We've talked about them throughout the years. Um, they normally go away in the winter for a bit of time, and normally we take their dog, Soom, but he passed away over the summer, and they have a little black cat. So being gone for over a month, we thought, well, we'll bring the cat over here. We've got six. How hard could it be? <laughs> well, to introduce them to our cat gang, well, our cats are they're independent. They're outside-inside cats. They kind of do their own thing. If you're here in the summer, you probably won't even see them, really, because they they're just kind of out. But they are like a freaking squad. They are a yeah. rough and tough gang. They protect this house. They're militaristic. But and individually, they're sweet as sugar. Mm-hmm. Together, they're assholes. They're just... <laughs> They're just, again, they are. Yeah, they are throwing down. So we are trying to introduce this little sweet cat <laughs> to the rough, tough six that we've got and uh, trying to feed them together and some of that. So it's going to be slow and steady. Yesterday was day one. It did not go great. No, I got, I tried to push things along too quick. So we <laughs> wanted to sit there. We have the little black cat in the carry in the carrying case with the blanket, her blanket over it so the cats can come up and smell and. Um, everyone looked like they were pretty curious and not threatened and, and sh- no one was making noises. So I thought, all right, let's open the thing and see what happened. Big, big mistake. Big mistake. The boy cat sounded, the boy cat out of all the cats came over, looked so sweet and then just sounded the alarm for the rest of the cats to come. And then it was a, it was a free for all, but, um, hopefully this will go smooth and it, there won't be too much damage involved. Um, what else has been going on these last couple of days? We've been doing the projects around the house and then we did a little fun house hunting. Not house hunting. We're always looking for what I like to we call our forever house. Well, especially this time of year, mm-hmm. we drive around a little bit more, and um, we have more time to just kind of pull off or or take a little detour to go check out something that looks interesting. It doesn't necessarily mean we're moving anytime soon, but we live at where we work. So our <laughs> dream, daydreaming, is to have our forever house without guests. <laughs> no offense to any of you guys. But um, so it is fun, though, especially in the winter, to go and kind of check some stuff out, you know? Now, there's a big difference um, doing this 13 years in and doing it when we yes. first came here or when we were looking for houses because... Um, your eye sees different things. So we were there, (coughs) excuse me. There's a house at the beginning of our road that we've always loved. And we would take that dog Zoom that I was just talking about up for walks there. And we'd kind of daydream, oh, this would be such a great house for us for one day. And we thought, well, we have some free time. It's a gorgeous day. Let's go and check out that house again. It's been 10 years or something since we've been up there probably. So it was really interesting even just to go up the driveway, up the road to get to the house and 
um, you stop thinking about it as romantically and you start thinking about it practically because this long, beautiful road winds a little more than you think has a little steeper incline and you probably have to put in a bridge <laughs> Yeah, and all of a sudden you start thinking before oh, you even get to the house. Exactly. I, you're spending money. Yeah. As soon as we turn off that road and the, it's basically their drive driveway through a field and you look out and you're like, okay, this flat part isn't that bad. And then you look, you get into the muddy part and you're like, oh shit. There is all that water coming off this entire field that runs right across this road. There's that that's going to be a thing. That's going to be a thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're not even at the door yet. That's going to be a thing. That's going to cost someone serious. Jason's like, do you know how much this will cost? I was like, we're not even to the house yet. He's like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> then as you get to the final part, the inclination to, and this is all gravel and, and it's gravels. Gravel's being kind. This is a white road. Yeah. This is a... Old dirt. Yeah. Um, There's no gravel on it. Um, The inclination, the last 30 meters to the house is really steep. Mm -hmm. And that's going to have to be paved or you're going to have to change the way and put a curve into it because you will not get up that part with... with a regular car. So again, we're not even to the front door. Yeah. <laughs> so we get to road build. So for, much for a romantic walk already. I was we like, get, good God. We get through, just go with it. So we haven't gotten to the front door yet. And it's like, all right, well, we get to figure out what it costs to rebuild 400 meters of road. Next. <laughs> let's let's keep going. Does that include the bridge? <laughs> no, it does not include the bridge. <laughs> so then um, we are friends with this family. So we're not breaking and entering, even though I kind of enjoy doing that too. But... Um, <laughs> Uh, we are able to kind of walk around the, to try and figure out where would actually be the front door. We know where it looks like it should be, but it's not, it's on the other side of the house. So we walk around and the gates closed, but easy to open. No lock. Some of these old farmhouses are smarter to just leave it unlocked than have someone break a lock to get into for nothing. There's nothing mm-hmm. in there. And so we come in to what would be in my fantasy, like a great room. It's the stall. It's the stalls. And it's so cool because the trough r- long, runs along the whole side of one of the walls. And it's a, a stone trough that the cows and the – it would have been the cows for sure. Uh, but the animals would have eaten out of. And the floor is actually pristine. The tile, the brick floor is fantastic. Huge, massive wood beams that – look great dark wood and then if you can but before you can even see the troughs the whole room is just filled with wine barrels oh um wine barrels in just the uh, metal part that holds the strapping that holds them together with the planks piled up big huge ones that are still together mm-hmm. um just interesting i stuff. had no idea they had so much winemaking equipment up there like all those that wine stuff and then you're walking around and you're so that is exciting and you get kind of like this oh god look at all this this is so incredible but then you start thinking wait a second where's the fireplace not in the not in the stall not in the stall you got to go around to the other side of the other side of the stairs through two doors to get to a (laughs) tiny tiny room room. (laughs) so that's in these in these um farmhouses they would make a tiny room with a giant fireplace it's these little narrow Room, like enough to put some chairs and the room is small so it heats up really quick but that and is, you're just it's just you sitting in front of a fire yeah <laughs> there is, there's nothing it. else um so it's like what the hell how, what do you do here um so then it goes well how much can how many walls can you start knocking out no, knocking out of here because the deal out here is you can do whatever you want to the inside but you can't move a window you can't move a door you can't move any of the outside look 
So the downstairs already is like, okay. Oh, and, and Ashley's putting a a really rose colored glasses on this. This is not a habitable. Structure. No, but this is where Jason and I differ. This is the hysterical discussion of what is considered a ruin because in Jason's mind, that's a ruin. Yeah. There was no, there is no bathrooms in that entire place. There is no plumbing. There is no water. There is no electricity. There is a roof. It doesn't leak, but you can't live there. That's a, no, that is a tear call, down. Oh my God. I think they would not call that a ruin. Babe, through, the, through the side <laughs> of the main back wall was a gap, a crack that had to be 10 centimeters wide. Put a little uh, plastic wrap over there. A little, 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 little stucco over that one. <laughs> little stucco. No, that's a ruin. That's a complete tear down and you try to save as much of the materials. Exactly. The that's what materials. you would have to do. But so we keep exploring a bit further. And <laughs> but it is funny when they're like, that's not a ruin. And you're like, bullshit. That's not, no, <laughs> that is a ruin. Even our Dutch neighbor was like, no, that's not considered a ruin. And Jason's like, ah, uh, yeah, it is. Um, so we continue upstairs because we have been told and confirmed that and the structure of the house is still fine to walk through some like, of these. Yeah, I like to walk on the, the first floor. And exactly. Everything. And um, you start just seeing these beautiful rooms that are quite uh, decent size, really tall ceilings, great windows, but a series of like six rooms. Down All a down a narrow hallway. Corridor. And at one point, the farmhouse was a school, and you can easily see this. The classroom. It looks it like classrooms. Like little classrooms. And Jason just kept going, but where's the bathroom? Where did they go to the bathroom? I was like, dude, this is the country. They went outside. Yeah, there's <laughs> no there's, there's no, ba- that's no. no. <laughs> but what do you do with all these oh my tall ceiling, like... They're a medium size. They're not great. They're not small. They're not big. They're medium. Six of them. Three on each side of the house. Holy crap. For now, two people. The, some of the shutters are still there haphazardly. It's kind of cool. The uh, last true inhabitant was a bull who lived there. Now it is run by uh, owls. some owls <laughs> that shoot us out into chase. One little owl was like, was that an owl that came flying out of there? And Jason was on his way out the door. He goes, yeah, the mama's back there too. Let's go. <laughs> it was like, we got to go. Um, but there's so much. So it's, uh, this is also why it's a teardown. I mean, the amount of fecal matter that is on the floors and things like that is like someone i posted a picture and someone was like is that just bird poop on the floor and it was like yeah but you see past that really quick yeah but but here's here's what you look pat here's what i why i said at the beginning this is with different eyes Mm -hmm. you see the beautiful arch ashley still sees the oh look there's a trough and oh look the arch and i'm like oh look there's 350 square meters to restore here (laughs) and that that wall has a crack and there is no power there's no electricity show me the the electricity pole that is bringing power here no we it's a tear down holy crap two years in asking for permissions and then two years to rebuild it oh first we have to build the road that's what i was just gonna say so it is um it's it's fun i love going and looking at these places but sometimes the reality check does set in and you go this place i've kind of fantasized about for years Maybe isn't really what's going to be right for us. No, I'd rather have a smaller place with um, outbuildings, like places to like a garage, like a mm-hmm. workshop kind of place, and a big great room for where the kitchen and the office is together, and less square meters. I'd rather have smaller space but done nicer than mm-hmm. a giant house like that. And it's like, well, three of the six rooms are finished. Well, and because honestly. I- 
fraction, a huge percentage of the year you're outside. Yes. Spending all your time outside is so nice. Then when you're inside and it's the winter and cold, you don't want to heat so much space. So you only do want to have that little fire room corridor. <laughs> but it, a little bit you know more what than I that. mean. I know. But uh, but you don't want to heat so much. So it's true. We do want something smaller. We did also see a property that was on the marketplace on uh Facebook and thought, hey, it's in Urbania. Let's just drive by the next time we're near it. It's kind of cool looking. And this place was fully restored. We weren't able to go inside when there was no breaking and entering this time. However, it was just immediately disappointing because what they don't show you in the pictures is the other side view. Uh, you can see Monte Noroni, our big mountain, which was kind of cool. But flip around 180 and it is the Zona Industriale. Uh, two podcasts ago, we talked about how great it is. <laughs> the Zona Industriale is great to go to. Don't live just, across the road from it. I don't want to live across the road from the zone industriale so I know. that was a, as soon as we got out of the car exactly like, eh. as soon as we got out of the car jason turned around and you can see everything and hear it and, hear it and he goes back in the car <laughs> but let's just you can walk I'll, you can walk around if you want but i can hear machinery going and that's not not happening Plus, you want to be able to pee outside. Oh, you could pee outside there. We were way back. I just couldn't listen to the trucks and the and, the, and all that. There was definitely peeing outside. It was fun. <laughs> it's the cool thing to do in Italy. <laughs> all right. What else we got? Otherwise, I got a more of a uh, garden to rototill by hand. I think it's time to get back to work. Uh, yep. We got everything checked off the box. All right. Bring us home. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast from Italy. You can find us on latavlamarque.com, Facebook, Instagram, all at latavlamarque, L-A-T-A-V-O-L-A-M-A-R-C-H-E. Shoot us a message. Ask us any questions. We hope to see you out here. I know. We forgot the questions. We so, Sorry about that, guys. All right. Uh, keep sending them. <laughs> Hopefully we'll remember next time. <laughs> I, just know, just know that, that, uh, we have the best intentions. We have the best intentions, but we do zero, zero planning, planning for this podcast. It's authentic. It is authentic. We wake up and say, eh, let's do a podcast. I don't really feel like going and, uh, standing behind a road. So let's do a podcast. <laughs> let's real do a podcast. Have a great day, guys. Sentire Media. Hey, podcast producers and show hosts. Do you want to join a podcast network that celebrates all things Italian? At Sentire Media, we understand the allure of Italy and its unique culture. Our devoted team of hosts and producers are all driven by their shared passion for Italy. And we work tirelessly to create the best lifestyle podcasts and content that will whisk you away to the very heart of Italy. With us, you can savor the mouth-watering flavors, get lost in the stories from the past, break down the cultural barriers, and truly immerse yourself in the vibrant traditions of this intoxicating country. If you have a great podcast idea or are already in production and would like to join Sentire Media, head over to sentiremedia.com. That's S-E-N-T-I-R-E media.com and find out how to submit your show.